The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. All right, all ready. Welcome back to the College Baseball Experience. Good morning, college baseball fans. It is 6.52 a.m. Uh, I am your host, Noah Beanick, a.k.a. 77. That is my Twitter tagline there, 77NB. Um, yesterday, on Saturday, May 27th, might have been the worst day of my college baseball fandom ever. Um let me explain. So, of course, most of the listeners by now know that I jumped into college baseball in 2019. I really started to love it when Eric Backich and the Michigan Wolverines made that runner-up College World Series run. And Michigan has been smooth sailing since until this year when he left, and it's been mostly a rebuilding year. The season came to an end yesterday for the Wolverines, but also came to an end for the Oakland Grizzlies, who I was pulling for big time. I have a lot of buddies on that team, and a lot of them were seniors, so that was their last time ever playing baseball, organized uh, on a competitive team, I'm pretty sure. So that sucks as well to see a lot of those guys go down in the second game really with – out a chance because they had sold out in the first game because they ran out of pitching and they had they had to just out slug Wright State which if anybody knows of Wright State that just doesn't happen <clears throat> so they fell down early and it was too much of a hill to climb but also I mean not just those teams losing I lost big time yesterday um, it was easily my worst day on the pod. Uh, the picks from the pod were one, <clears throat> sorry, one and four yesterday. Then I added Arizona for a late night standalone play. That was one and five. And then the picks on the podcast in general went eight and nine. So I think that's the first like triple whammy that I've had on the show this year where just nothing went right. And then also, Maybe it was a good thing, but our picks page didn't even have games for me to pick, really. We had like maybe eight games that I could display on our website yesterday. Uh, the source that we used to uh, program all the betting odds and stuff, they just didn't <clears throat> put any of the betting odds through, which kind of sucked. So we couldn't display any picks for free yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, just a bad day all around. So your boy went out. Uh, on Saturday night uh, for like a bonfire type thing uh, just to, you know, get a few drinks. There was really, there was a couple of mid-major like bracket pool champ, like final games to decide the championship games here. But honestly, I found time yesterday to just take some time off. And of course it's a bonfire. So 
I have terrible, terrible allergies, and my throat is killing me. So I'm going to have to clear it a lot during this game because, I don't know, it was just the smoke from the bonfire, and it sucks. But uh, anyways, it is 6.56 in the morning right now, and we have eight games right now that are out there with betting odds currently on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I have handicaps on all eight. I have bets on – where is that sheet? I have bets on five of the games, and then we have a parlay too. So only three games that I'm passing on today we're going all out after yesterday's whole debacle we're finishing the season off strong um anything that else anything else that i wanted to add here lane elliott back in the chat he goes yo yo what's good man shout out to the uh to florida getting beat yesterday i take it he's a vanderbilt fan uh yeah i forgot about florida (laughs) another one of my teams i mean caglione what was he doing? <laughs> the, he launched. I mean, it was in a routine play. Just toss it over to third base. He missed by 15 feet, uh, like 15 feet up and like five feet left. <laughs> that was really, really bad. <clears throat> Man, I'm starting to wheeze now, I think. Um, let me hit the ads before we jump into today's games. The layout for the show. I wanted to touch on this. So we'll hit on all eight games that I have handicaps for. Then I have a play for College World Series champion. The futures market is out right now still. I, I think that's really going to be out for maybe 12 more hours. Then they'll close it all down like they did last year until the bracket comes out. And then they'll, re- they'll re-put them out. I have one play to get down on right now before it closes, maybe at half the value. So I'm going to give that out at the end of the show, along with the betting card. And then after this goes live, I will be working on uh, my top 16 regional hosts. I'll tweet that out before I take a nap. And the national hosts and regional hosts, the top 16 seeds will be announced today. If they do it like last year, we won't know 1 through 16 in order. We'll just know the cities and the sites that are hosting, and then you'll know who actually gets to host this season. And then the bracket comes out on Monday at noon Eastern. So um, let me tell you about Edge Boost, because if you're not signed up yet, you're missing out. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account and Edge Boost will match the deposit so you can have double the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances. Up to $2,500 you can add to your bankroll. Uh, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 years or older to use this. Only valid in legal gambling sites. And if you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> All right. So the first game starts at noon. It's Tulane at plus 225 on the money line against Colby's East Carolina Pirates minus 285. Um, it's going to be a common theme here today. Not one single listed pitching matchup so uh i can tell you that on paper Tulane wants this one a hell of a lot more than east carolina does as the greenway are just 18 and 40 this season so 
throw that all out the window because Tulane has won three of their last four games this week to get themselves into this position where if they win one game against East Carolina, they would win the American Conference auto bid into the NCAA tournament with a 19-40 and record. I expect them to <clears throat> throw Dylan Carmouche at some point during this game. Carmouche threw 108 pitches in a complete game on Thursday. Now, it is smart for him. Like, is it smart for him to start the game? No, but uh, Mr. John Bowman from CBS, uh, it, I mean, he might be running back his pitch count take from the other day with me and him on Twitter. If Tulane needs an arm to come in, I think he might want Carmouche here because he's one of their better uh, arms on the staff. And it's all hands on deck, I think. As for the starter, I think that will be Jonah Wachter. Uh, he is one in four with an 810 ERA and six starts with a with 22 strikeouts, 15 walks, and 26.2 innings. For East Carolina, I project that Zach Root will start on three days rest after 67 pitches on Wednesday. Root is three and two with a 540 ERA, 47 strikeouts, 25 walks, and 45 innings pitched. Root pitched against Tulane earlier this season for 4.2 innings, giving up two runs. Uh, ECU is averaging 8.8 runs a game in the American tournament, and Tulane 10.25. So it would be crazy to say that Tulane's offense isn't a live dog here, <clears throat> but I can't put any money on it. East Carolina is my pick to win this game, but I'm not going to include it at any parlays here at minus 285 in a game that really I question how much they want it because I know Tulane needs it. You know what I mean? So at minus 285, I just don't have any interest in playing them in the, on the money line here. At noon as well in the ACC tournament, uh, hopefully they get this game in because there's gonna, it's going to be rainy all day. Uh, yesterday they played through the rain. Um, so why not again today? The Miami-Florida Hurricanes, maybe they play well in the rain. Uh, they beat Wake Forest yesterday. They're minus 105 on the money line. And I tweeted it out. My bad on that handicap. I didn't know that Carson Ligon would be coming back literally yesterday after over a month being out due to injury. Just a, a fluky uh, misread. I didn't hear anything of that or the possibility of that prior to that game yesterday. So that kind of sucks. But, I mean, uh, Rosario did come in after him, and he actually pitched better than what I had thought he was going to. So in the end, it really I don't think it really mattered too much. I didn't watch too much of the game. I heard that some people were complaining about the umping in it, but it is what it is. I I, I think that the umpiring, it, it it's bad for both sides most of the time in college baseball. So it is what it is. Clemson's minus 125. They're the other team in this ACC championship game. No listed pitchers here, um, but I project that Alejandro Torres will get the ball first for Miami. He threw 31 pitches on Friday, four pitches in relief on Saturday, but he'll be all right to throw the bulk of Sunday's innings here. Uh, the sophomore right-hander is 4-0 with a 4.57 ERA, 58 strikeouts, 13 walks, and 45.1 innings. Torres has a 7.20 ERA over the last month, only a total of 10 innings, but he has six starts on the season, and I think Alejandro Torres will get the ball. Uh, projected for Clemson, I have Ethan Darden. The freshman lefty has started game ones over the last two week, uh, two months 
consistently. He's been their game one starter, but he hasn't been stellar. So Backage held him back this week in order to probably take him out of that Friday role for the NCAA tournament. Now he'll probably be lined up for Sundays or Saturdays. He'll probably pitch a, a third, the third game, whether it comes in the loser's bracket or on Sunday in a regional final game one. Uh, that's when you'll see Ethan Darden next week. I think that's a great move from Backage. You don't want your third best starter starting on game one in the NCAA tournament. So Darden has a, <clears throat> like I mentioned, did I mention this already? Darden has a 741 ERA over his last six starts. So that's pretty important here. He's not in great form. He's three and two on the year with a 547 ERA, 41 strikeouts, 23 walks and 52.2 innings pitched. But I mean, guys, like I was going to actually waver on Eric Backich and his Tigers team this right now. I mean, they've won 15 games in a row. They're 22 and three in their last 25 games. I've doubted this team before, but I'm not going to do it here. I, I I've come on this podcast a couple of times saying that I'm just not a huge believer in Miami and the rain yesterday kind of maybe held back my viewpoint on this team because it's a coin flip. It really neutralizes the offensive firepower for Wake Forest, but Yo-Yo Morales performed just fine in the pouring rain. So uh, I'm just a little bit more in on Clemson than I am on Miami right now. So I like the Tigers at minus 120 here. Then we move on to... 1 o'clock p.m. in the Atlantic Sun, the A-Sun Conference Tournament Championship. It's Florida Gulf Coast at minus 140 against Lipscomb, plus 110. No listed pitchers for this matchup, as there are none for any of the games today. But I project that Florida Gulf Coast will start Nick Love, who threw 40 pitches in relief on Wednesday. Love is 5-2 and two with a 679 ERA, 58 strikeouts, 20 walks in 58.1 innings pitched this season. The senior righty has a 3.15 ERA in his last five appearances, so he's been in great form uh, lately. And then I think Lipscomb is in a little bit of a position to start their SP2 Noah Thompson. Uh, he, he only threw 42 pitches on Tuesday, so I think he should be good to go here on Sunday. On the season, Thompson is 6-3 and three with a 4.07 ERA, 55 strikeouts, 23 walks, and 66.1 innings pitched. The senior right-handed pitcher has not faced Florida Gulf Coast yet this season, and Thompson owns a 7.74 ERA over his last four appearances. <clears throat> Lipscomb has only scored 6.75 runs a game this week, whereas FGCU is one of the best offenses in the country, and they put up 10.5 runs a game so far this tournament. So the Eagles, they have the better offense and a pitcher who's in better recent form uh, for this game. I love FGCU at minus 140 here. So give me the Eagles there. At 2 o'clock p.m., we take you to the Conference USA Championship game. Charlotte is plus 135 on the money line, and Dallas Baptist is minus 165. Again, no listed pitchers for any of these games today, but these two teams took very different routes to get to where they are. The Fighting Clits lost their first pool play game, then won four straight. And DBU, they've won all three of their games via pitching dominance, only surrendering four runs all tournament. Uh, so I'll, <clears throat> I'll start off with my DBU pitching projection since it's only their fourth game of the week. It's a bit easier to project that Bryson Hammer 
who's been their midweek starter over the last month to start this game. The sophomore Southpaw is five and four with a 528 ERA, array, 46 strikeouts, 30 walks in 44.1 innings. Hammer started against Charlotte earlier this season. He allowed two runs in four innings. For the 49ers, I project that this game will be a Johnny Holstaff effort. It's only three days rest, but their best option to start here is to go back to their ace after Louisiana Tech ate his lunch on Wednesday. Wyatt Hoodpull, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. His last name is H-U-D-E-P-O-H-L. So I think that's Hoodpull. Wyatt Hoodpool threw 77 pitches on Wednesday, but he's going to throw in some capacity here on uh, Sunday, but at what cost? Hoodpool has an 801 ERA in his last five starts, and he's going to be on short rest. So I am going to be all over DBU here on Sunday. Give me the Pats at minus 165. Uh, take a drink because my throat's bothering me. 2 p.m. In the Sun Belt Conference Tournament Championship game, yesterday Louisiana beat Coastal Carolina back-to-back games. So they are here in the championship game. They're plus 120 against Southern Miss, who's minus 150. No listed pitchers again, but I project that Carson Fluno will start for the Raging Cajuns. He threw 114 pitches on Thursday, but UofL just pitched their starter from Wednesday on Saturday when that starter from Wednesday threw 119 pitches just three days before. So it's crazy to think, but I'm prepared for Fluno to start this game. Uh, the junior right-hander is 3-1 and one with a 4.47 ERA, 56 strikeouts, 20 walks in 52.1 innings. On May 19th, Fluno started against the Golden Eagles, and he threw eight innings of one-run ball and was aided to a lose, and he aided Louisiana to a win. I project that... Southern Miss will start Nico Maza. The sophomore is 5-1 and one in 10 starts, 17 appearances, 62 innings with 75 strikeouts and 39 walks. Thursday, Maza threw 39 pitches in relief, but on two days rest, he's their best option to start here. Maza has a 459 ERA over his last five appearances. Therefore, I think both pitchers should fare well in this game. I lean towards the good story, and that is Scott Barry the head coach for Southern Miss. I hope that he wins the conference tournament title in his last season as head coach. So Southern Miss minus 150 would be the pick there for me. We've got three more games left here on this fine championship Sunday slate. But before we get into those three games, let me tell you about Shady Rays because we're teaming up with them for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. So go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off, two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. And remember, May is almost over, so make sure to take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. 
Like I mentioned, three more games here on Championship Sunday in college baseball that we can bet on at least. I think there's 11 total games, only eight with odds so far on the day. And it just, we got to put the pot out at some point. So eight games with odds, three o'clock p.m. in the Omaha, Nebraska. The Big Ten tournament, Iowa is minus 120 against Maryland, minus 110. The Hawkeyes are one of uh, my conference tournament futures still alive and remaining. So I'm pulling for the Hawkeyes here. My handicap is that, of course, there's no listed pitchers for this game, but I project that Marcus Morgan will start for Iowa. He threw 85 pitches on Tuesday, and on four days rest, he should be. it, it should be suffice. Uh, Morgan is 4-2 with a 4-0-1 year race, 65 strikeouts, 47 walks, and 13 starts in 58.1 innings. The sophomore right-hander has a 142 ERA over his last four starts, just elite form recently. Uh, for Maryland, I project that Kyle McCoy will start. McCoy is 4-6 and six with a 591 ERA, 39 strikeouts, 24 walks in 53.1 innings. Earlier this season, the freshman lefty allowed seven runs in four innings to Iowa. I think the Hawkeyes at minus 120 is a great bet. I've already got them at plus 300 basically just to win this game. Uh, because that was what I took him at to win this Big Ten tournament. But minus 120 is very, very fair on the Hawkeyes here. 3 o'clock p.m. in the SEC baseball tournament in down in Hoover, Alabama. Uh, Texas A&M, plus 115 against Vanderbilt, minus 145. Another reason why yesterday's baseball games just sucked, because both of these teams already had a loss, and they eliminated teams without a loss in the SEC tournament. It's just such a fucking dumb bracket. I went off on it when I previewed all the conference tournaments. It looks like a four-year-old made it. And there's just this dumb possibility that happened this year twice, where a team without a loss can just get eliminated by a team with a loss, and they go home with one loss, and now we have two teams in the championship game playing against each other with one loss. So dumb. But there's no listed pitchers for this game. Uh, oh, and the other thing was is that Florida had beaten Vanderbilt four times this season. The one time that Vanderbilt wins is in this fluky little bracket set bracket setup. Florida had already knocked Vanderbilt down in the losers, losers bracket. Vandy comes up back into the semifinals and knocks Florida out. I just there's in no way is that fair and it just need that the bracket format needs to be changed before they even fucking dare to move this thing out of hoover who cares about whether this thing's under a roof fix, fix your fucking bracket first um anyways i project that texas a&m could start nathan detmer here for his second start in hoover after throwing 64 pitches in his first one on wednesday he would be good on three days rest here. Detmer is one and three with a 605 ERA, 56 strikeouts, 40 walks in 64 innings pitched. Um, and then Aria Gerson, the Vanderbilt baseball beat reporter, she's one of the best in the game. Uh, she suggests that Grayson Carter could be one of Tim Corbin's best options to start the championship game. So I'll go with that. Carter's two and one with a 408 ERA, 23 strikeouts, 28 walks in seven starts, 28.2 innings. This is weird to say, but I think Coach Sloss's Aggies will be playing their sixth game in six days in Hoover. But I think their pitching staff is 
better suited for this championship game than Vandy's is because the Commodores are just juggling some injuries right now at the pitching position, and they're just trying to stay ready for the NCAA tournament. So give me the plus money on the dog with their dog from last year's postseason run on the mound, and Nathan Detmer hopefully he just finds good form. So that's the pick there for me. <clears throat> Last game of the day that we can bet on at 6 p.m. is Oklahoma State at minus 120 on the money line in Arlington, Texas for the Big 12 championship game against TCU, minus 110. There are no pitchers listed for this game. These two squads got here in very different ways. It was smooth sailing for the Hogs going 3-0 in their bracket pool and then as they are 13 and 2 in their last 15 games they're also averaging 11.8 runs per game at in six games at globe life park oklahoma state lost their first game and they ran the table in the losers bracket but they're only averaging about 6.4 runs per game this week and their pitching is stretched thin uh, I project that the duo of Carson Benj and Jerron Watts-Brown will have to pitch on short rest for this game. Neither of them fared uh, neither of them fared too well against TCU earlier this season. Benj allowed three runs in four innings, and Watts-Brown gave up five runs in five innings. For TCU, I project that Braden Sloan will get the ball. Sloan last pitched last Tuesday, so he will be re- well-rested. The freshman lefty is 2-3 and three with a 6.63 ERA, 28 strikeouts, 14 walks in 38 innings pitched. Sloan has made two starts in May and has an ERA of 3.38 in those two starts. If Sloan doesn't blow up under the pressure here, I think he'll get plenty of run support, so I really like TCU at the minus 110 price here. That's going to do it with the eight games. Before I recap my betting card here, I do have a future that I just placed great value because there's no way this thing closes at this price. When the bracket comes out at 100 to one plus 10,000, I took the TCU horn frogs to win the whole damn thing this year. Um, if any of you listen to the 11.7 podcast, uh, Ben Upton has this theory called the hot, cold, hot theory. Very proven. I think over the last like four or five years, your national champion has endured some invert some adversity over the season. And I think that could be TCU this year. They remind me a lot of Oklahoma from a season ago. Uh, TCU started off the season for what you could say as hot. They were 16 and nine from February 17th to March 28th. Then they went cold. They were nine and eleven in the eight in the month of April, from March thirty first to April thirtieth. Then they got hot again in the final game of the Texas series. They won game three. They are thirteen and two since May first through May twenty eighth. I'm just saying they remind me a lot of Oklahoma from last season. And at one hundred to one, they will be a two seed in some regional, and you will not get that price when that bracket comes out. So give me a TCU at my 100 to 1. Based on what they did this week, you look at the Big 12 bracket, and it's set up just like a regional, just like the first round in Omaha in the College World Series. They won three games, all with ease, and they outscored their opponents like nuts, like crazy. And they did it in a huge park at Globe Life Park or Globe Life Field, whatever it's called. Omaha is a big park. If your bats can play at Oklahoma at, at Globe Life Park, Globe Life Field in Arlington, 
If your bats can play there in an MLB stadium that's quite large, I think it's just slightly larger than the average MLB stadium. If your bats can play there, they will play in Omaha. That's the thought process there. They have three starters that have all looked great, um, and their bats are hot right now. That's all we can ask for going into the postseason play, going into the NCAA tournament. So TCU 100-1. to Oh, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention is because it's regional. So Dallas Baptist is another team that I took on earlier this season for a future. So based on it, TCU is either going to get sent to a Texas regional, which would be maybe Dallas Baptist, which they own wins against this season so far. The the Horn Frogs have beaten Dallas Baptist this season. So they could get sent to DBU if DBU gets the host. They also could get sent out west, which we would prefer out west. Just teams haven't really done too well. They could also get sent to LSU. And LSU is a team that I'm really looking to fade so far this season. I mean, that's a close regional. Um, if they get sent to Arkansas, that's a little bit different. Uh, I would not like to see them sent at Arkansas. But you're really looking at those four regionals. I think they could come out of the Stanford regional. So it, it's it's Stanford. It's a DBU regional inside the state of Texas. It's a LSU regional. It's a Fayetteville regional. Maybe they get sent to Kentucky for a regional. If Kentucky, I think Kentucky's going to host. Maybe they get sent to uh, Indiana State. I mean, of those six possible regional locations, I mean Auburn and Alabama too. Alabama, I'd be a little bit worried about. Auburn, I would favor TCU to get out of there as well over Auburn. I think TCU regionally is in a great location to turn over a one seed in any of the regionals that they get sent to outside of Arkansas. That's the one lock where it's just like, fuck, it is what it is. 100 to 1, it's worth the shot prior to seeing the bracket. Normally, I don't like playing futures before we see the bracket. But at 100 to 1 on TCU, who is just playing outrageously good right now, uh, 13 and 2 in their last 15 games, that price is going to close a lot shorter than 100 to 1. So to recap, my uh, where did I put that card? To recap, my betting card for the day. Oh, it's right here in front of me. What am I doing? So five straight plays for me. Personally, on this championship Sunday, got to love all the action you can get with only eight games on the day that we can bet on so far this uh, fine championship Sunday. I think there's 11 total that we'll see. But give me Clemson, minus 125 on the money line against Miami. Um, the main reason there is that uh, the Hurricanes are throwing a guy in Alejandro Torres who has a 720 ERA in the last month. So uh, give me Clemson there. They're another team that's just red hot right now. Give me Florida Gulf Coast at minus 140 against uh, Lipscomb. And FGCU is just in a better pitching situation right now. Uh, Lipscomb is throwing – I I think they're going to be throwing Noah Thompson, who has a 774 ERA in his last four appearances. And FGCU could be throwing uh, Nick Love who in his last five appearances has a 315 ERA. So I think that's a good play. Dallas Baptist is my favorite play of the day. That's the edge boost 
play of the day here. Minus 165 on the money line. I know it's a little bit juicy, but they have only played three games to get to this conference USA uh, tournament final. They're playing Charlotte, who's played five games. Their whole staff is just very thin. I think it's going to be a whole... I think it's going to be a Johnny Holstaff effort for the 49ers here. And DBU has been dealing, only given up four runs so far in the Conference USA tournament. So I like them at minus 165. Iowa, I have them at plus 300 to win the Big Ten. But I think that's a good play today here. Uh, As I think Marcus Morgan, who threw 85 pitches on Tuesday, would get the start here on four days rest. And he's been outstanding with a 142 ERA over his last four starts. Uh, so give me them over Maryland here. Uh, then I like TCU at minus 110 against Oklahoma State. Uh, I just think that they're rolling in Oklahoma State. Same situation as Charlotte. We're fading the teams that have played a lot more games than other teams. Uh, TCU ran the table. They've only played three games. So they have their fourth starter here on full rest, ready to go. Oklahoma State, they're going to have to piece together some pitchers here. I think they'll go with Benj and Warren Watts-Brown, Jerron Watts-Brown. And both of them did not fare too well against TCU earlier this season. Um, And then the podcast parlay today is plus 194, the juiciest one of the week. It's Dallas Baptist and Iowa. So thank you all for tuning in here on Memorial Day Sunday. Really appreciate it. Uh, Tonight, uh, last game's at 6 o'clock, 10 p.m., let's call it that. I will have a bracketology episode. in the waiting um i like messing around with a lot of the bracket shit and i will put out my last mock bracket prior to the bracket gets released on memorial day at noon so uh pumping out content here left and right on twitter basically right after i upload this podcast on all streaming platforms and get everything situated uh i will post i'll I'll draft my top 16 uh regional hosts and then i will post that on twitter because those are getting announced today um not in order of seeds just in general who's getting to host this season uh that'll do it for the show thank you all for tuning in on memorial day sunday like i mentioned um Check out us on Twitter at TC on SGPN. Check out me on Twitter at 77NB. Uh, the college football experience, the college basketball experience, they're going all off season here with Colby and the gang. Um, MLB Gambling Podcast, check out them during the off time here of college baseball on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <clears throat> um, also, the Sports Gambling Podcast, I think I will be getting on there. Uh, sometime this week to preview the NCAA tournament for them. Um, I will have articles out uh, as well. Uh, I, I think I'll have one article as uh, out uh, giving out my best looks for the NCAA tournament uh, first round and futures on championship futures. Um, but also check out the golf gambling podcast. Uh, actually you should check out the golf gambling podcast, help those guys out. Uh, they just had, something tragic happened um, with one of their hosts uh, and Boston capper. Um, So I think he's going to be out this week. Help those guys out. Seriously, go give them a couple of downloads, leave a comment, uh, go follow Boston capper on Twitter, uh, show them some love, show that group some love. Our producer, Cameron Kerr, he's in that uh, team 
They're going to have a tough week here previewing the next tournament. Uh, help them out. And then, yeah, that's all I asked for, as well as just leave a review on our show. It really, really helps us uh, get the show out there. So leave a review, leave a thumbs up, a like, subscribe to wherever you're listening to this uh, on YouTube, comment. Uh, we really appreciate it. So with that, I bid you adieu. You've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. Adios, amigos.